This is episode number 29 of the High Impact Leaders Podcast, your shortcut to personal growth and career success. Welcome to episode number 29 of High Impact Leaders. I'm Doug Stannert, CEO of the Leaders Institute, and this is the podcast that helps people just like you acquire leadership and management skills to improve your careers and facilitate dynamic growth in your business. This is part two of a three-part series on how to manipulate people, and we had a lot of fun last week on the, the episode kind of talking about the ways that people, especially politicians, tend to manipulate us. So last week, we talked a lot about phase number one, which is getting the person that's being manipulated into a highly emotional state. Um, this week, we're going to talk about something that's that's really interesting. It's the, the villain and the victim. A lot of times what happens is when people are trying to manipulate another person, they tend to flip-flop who the victim is and who the villain is and sometimes just make up fake villains. We're going to talk about that today. So it's really interesting. And then we're also going to show you phase three, which is the narrative. And that's what kind of pulls everything together. Uh, next week, by the way, we're going to talk about the the seven signs of a con man. You know, so basically, if you if you see any of these things, there's a good chance that somebody's trying to manipulate you or or con you. So we'll save that for next week. So um, let's get on with the the podcast today. So one of the other things that manipulators will do is a lot of times they're going to use vague language or sometimes even just complete gibberish to describe the either the villain or the victim, and in some cases both. So going back to the, the movie clip, going back to the, the the Sting movie clip, the victim describes the villain as just the mob. I talked about that a few minutes ago. The, the, the description is very vague. So in politics and in the media, these vague terms get thrown around all the time to manipulate people. And if the manipulator describes the villain specifically, then the mark can now easily verify the, the authenticity of the statement, whether or not the statement is true. So, how, however, if the manipulator uses vague language, the listener will have a tougher time verifying the truth. So in some cases, by the way, the manipulator uses a, an accurate description, but the description used may cause deception as well. So I, I'll give you a few that you may be familiar with. Um, now these are these are ones that just like I did with the with the um, with the the videos earlier. Uh, I, I try to I try to pick ones that uh, some from you know from the, from one side of the aisle on political and then some from the other just so you can kind of see a, a balance. It's I'm I'm not picking on any one political party. Um, I'm I'm going to be equally critical of both at this point. Uh, but it's funny though how depending on who you are gaining influence from, who you get, who is influencing you will kind of determine how you hear this list when I give it to you. So this is the list. And just, I'm just going to give you the list just um, right now. And then we'll talk about it in a little bit more detail in a few minutes. So, so these would be some words that, that are, that tend to be kind of vague. They don't, they're a villain or, or in some cases a, a, um, a victim, uh, but they don't really tell you exactly who or what it is that we're supposed to be angry about, right? So like the first one is the one that's really been common for the last three or four months. It's systemic racism, right? Systemic racism. It's a specific type of racism, right? Uh, another one, 
Trump uses this all the time. Fake news, fake news. That's fake news, right? Another one would be white supremacists, right? White supremacists. Um, another one on the other side of the aisle would be environmental wackos, right? So environmentalists that are that are radical. Uh, another, another one would be fascist, right? Fascist. Uh, another one would be snowflakes, snowflakes, right? Um, and then the one that's always because of the the side of the aisle that I tend to uh, more closely relate to. This is one that always cracks me up. The mostly peaceful protesters. They're mostly peaceful. They're you know there's only a few of them that do really bad stuff, but most of them are post mostly peaceful, right? Um, another one is the deep state. And then the last one is the military industrial complex. So um, like I said, just as with the earlier political videos, I, I wanted to put in kind of an equal number of left-wing and an equal number of right-wing terms, but you'll know who influences you most by, uh, by the ones that you agree with. You know, for instance, like I was saying before, I'm, I'm a business guy. So my political preference is more for, I just want my government to just leave me alone. <laughs> Let me do my thing. I mean, I'm on the verge of maybe anarchy, I guess, probably, uh, maybe not that far, but, but um, I, I just want to, well, I want freedom, right? I don't want anybody to tell me what I need to do or what I should be doing. So as a result, I'm more influenced by maybe even manipulated by, to be honest, right? The conservative side. So when I look at the list, I say, yep, fake news. Man, that's a true statement. That is totally correct. There are a lot of fake news out there, right? However, um, uh, and, and then, uh, you know, I, I kind of laughed a little bit about the mostly peaceful. How in the world can a riot writer be mostly peaceful, right? Someone with uh, that's more influenced by the, the, uh, the other side of the aisle, maybe they're watching CNN or getting their, their news from MSNBC or something like that. They may say something like, well, news isn't fake just because you don't agree with it. Right. True statement. Right. And, and how in the world could you align yourself with white supremacists for God's sakes. Right. Uh, which I don't, but that, but that would be kind of their perspective as well. Right. So if you think so, so basically in that list, just as I read that list, I, I would give one from one side, one from the other, um, there were there were probably some of those that that as I mentioned them you were going mm -hmm, yep totally true and then others like what that is not right and you're and you're kind of fighting it right keep in mind that if you are having sw um, um, alternate um, uh, if you're identifying with the the alternate ones that I, that I gave you a few seconds ago guess what you are probably being manipulated by somebody. You know, some one side or the other is probably manipulating you. So um, the the truth is is that both sides are being manipulated. Both have have had reality distorted. So no matter which side that you're on, there's a good chance that you believe that there is a villain out there waiting in the shadows to destroy your your way of life. Right. So let's kind of go through these this, this list in a little bit more detail. And, and, um, and it, by the way, if you're on one side and I say something about one of these and you go, oh my God, you're so totally wrong, right? Just wait because I'm going to flip it and you'll do the other one and you'll kind of see, oh yeah, he's totally right about that one, right? Um, <laughs> because that's the way, it's it's true. I mean, I, I, I do that myself, by the way. So let's start with the really tough one. That's the sy sy systemic racism, systemic racism, right? So if you ever saw the movie, The Matrix, um, yeah, the, the Neo, you know, he's the hero who, who was told a secret about the world. The world doesn't really exist. He and the entire population of Earth are, are, are trapped in a, in a computer program called the Matrix. 
The matrix, it's got to be defeated to gain true freedom for humanity. Sound familiar, right? So basically what, what happens is sometimes folks will use a term, they'll create a villain like this in order to kind of give a cause. This is a cause that everybody can kind of get. Nobody wants to be racist, so we'll get behind that cause. So the people using this term, they're, they're using emotional anecdotal instances of a person of color dying while, while in police custody. In a lot of cases, the examples that they're using are going to be people who are actually fighting with police and they're using that in order to create a narrative, right? So then they, they use the term as an anchor to now trigger the same emotional response in the hearer. So every time that we hear the term systemic racism, we automatically begin to think about the anger that we had after watching George Floyd die. Right. So it's been anchored so well over the last six months that we just hear the term now. And all of a sudden we, we kind of we, we we kind of feel that emotion. That's that's an anchor that's been set uh, by, you know, people out there that are trying to manipulate us. So um, if you think about it, you know, what system <laughs> what is what's the system? You know, the the people that are using this term never really define. Well, I don't want to say never because I'm, I'm going to actually going to use an example later on of somebody defining this this term. Um, and, and it actually is it's. It's pretty instructive as well. But if you think about it, though, when George, George Floyd died, when he was when 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 he passed, it's tragic. Oh, my God. Horrible, horrible thing. In fact, um, for that 48 hours after his death, when the video started surfacing and everything, all of a sudden you had for the for the first time in my lifetime. Anyway, you had the entire United States of America focused on the same outrage, the same. I mean, it was everybody was kind of in step. And then folks that were trying to manipulate us used tried to use that it could have been a very um uplifting and not uplifting that's a terrible thing to say it could have been a, a very um uh, um, um uh, an incident that brought everybody together but instead you know the the, the manipulators um started using it as a way to kind of divide people but but if you think about that is the system that was created by the liberal mayor of minneapolis is is that the system is that's what is is that the system that's racist i mean he's a very very liberal democratic mayor he runs the the police the um the chief of police is a he's a black guy is he the racist right is he creating this system you know the fact that you can't really define what the system is makes it a, a really good villain for manipulators to use though um, this way, the, the system can never be fixed, right? If they never identify what the system is that's broken, then what happens is that, that term gets thrown out, and then we have to keep voting for the manipulators over and over and over again. By the way, I, I realize that making a statement like this is it just shows the world my white privilege. So, so be it. There you go, right? Which, by the way, it's my way of joking that that's another that's another one of those um, those villains. I just didn't list it in the list here. So, all right. So let's let's go to the other side of the aisle. Fake news. Fake news. You know, President Trump. He he, he has very effectively created a trigger to his. And a lot of times he uses it uses it uses it in association with CNN. Um, in anytime he's anytime he says something about CNN, he'll, he'll always follow that up with fake news. Fake news. Right. Um, now, to be fair to the president, I mean, all news reports are biased. You know, if you if you don't understand that, it, it, 
I don't know how to help you, but but some some reporters are biased toward conservative issues. A lot of them are biased toward liberal issues. However, Trump has kind of created a, a rallying call against any news agency that is biased against him, right? Because he just calls them all fake news. And um, any anybody that that says something, so anytime somebody says anything negative about him. It's, oh, that's just fake news, right? So it's not true. Can't be true. It's fake, right? So again, though, if you think about it a little, it, it you kind of start to see more of the truth. Not every news story that is negative toward the president is is made up. It can't be, right? Um, so so again, it's it's the same type of thing. Um, let's go to the, this one's another one that's that's kind of difficult to to um, describe, but it's white supremacists, right? White supremacists. So. Um, I probably the best way to do this is to kind of give you an example. So when I went to college and it was in the Garth Brooks years, you know, that's how old I am. Um, and by the way, I'm not, I, I know what some of you're thinking, um, uh, that, uh, that because I've mentioned the word Garth Brooks and, um, and I'm, and I'm going to be talking about country music and we are talking about white supremacists that I'm going to say something about country people being white supremacists. You're way off track here, right? Way off track. Um, uh, basically, uh, I'm going to go somewhere totally different entirely. But one of my friends at the time, though, uh, he used to make fun of the music that that me and uh, some of the other friends listened to. You know, Garth Brooks is really popular. We listen to country music and stuff like that. I'm, I'm in Texas, so he was actually really popular at the time. And but this guy who was from Seattle, he, um, he he used to make us angry and crack us up at the same time. He's, he's had that kind of charisma, but he'd say something like we'd be listening to a country song and he, he would say, man, nothing like writing a song that is true about every single person who listens to it. Right. And I, and the reason why he said that was because I think the the song that was playing at the time was some girls don't like boys like me, but some girls do. That's true of everybody. Right. That's true of everybody. So. Many of the terms that are used to create these villains are, are very similar to that. They're, they're basically they're trying to create a term that everybody that you'd be it would be ridiculous to disagree with. You would have something would have to be wrong for you to disagree with with the term, right? So, um, so I mean, like who in who in their right mind? Okay, obviously that's a pun in, there's a pun in there somewhere would support white supremacists. I mean, if you like, why would you support white supremacists? Well, no one would, right? That, that would be ridiculous. If a politician wants to get votes though, he or she can basically just say that the, uh, that the white supremacists are voting for the other guy, the other person. And of course, no actual white supremacists will ever make a statement. Actually, I, when I kind of thought through this, I, I, I really thought that what I'm telling you right now is the absolute God's honest truth. And then I got to the point where a little later when I was doing the research where I, I started going over the convincers and started um, studying and learning up about the convincers. And actually what I'm telling you right now, and there's actually, um, it's not quite as cut and dry as what I was, what I wanted it to be anyway, or what I thought it was anyway. But the point is, is that um, it, it would be very difficult to find a, a, an actual group of white supremacists, you know, that, that would go out and make a statement to correct the falsity, right? If, so, if they're saying, hey, my, my counterpart or the, the person that's running against me is supported by white supremacists. Well, it's not like, you know, white supremacists, you know how to find them and that you're, you're going to be able to kind of go and get a statement from their guild or something, right? Um, it's... Yeah. Where are you going to go? You go down to the local Ku Klux Klan membership hall, you know, down in, that's on the corner, right? I mean, it's, it's, it, 
can't really go do that and take a poll. So um, um, just so you know, though, some of you may be thinking this is this is I had to kind of add this in because some of you are probably thinking, wait, 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 Doug, I got you now. You know, if you're on the other political aisle for me, uh, on the other side of the aisle for me. I saw a number of news stories where this guy from Antifa followed around real white supremacists and he followed them to the CPAC convention. He actually interviewed these actual white supremacist thugs. It's on video and they're on there saying racist thing. Things. Well, I hate to burst your bubble, but you just made contact with the Robert Redford character. That's the convincer. You know, when you start to see that, now I'm not saying there's not white supremacists out there, right? I'm, I'm not. I mean, I'm sure there's tons of them out there somewhere, right? But um, most likely, if you are seeing a, um, a, a, a group that is trying to create a narrative, if they're, if they're going out and actually finding stuff, um, a lot of that, a lot of times that's planted. It's, it's, uh, I'm not saying it is here. I'm just saying that, that it's most likely a convincer. And, and you'll see that as we kind of go into the next part, which is the, the, when we start talking about the convincer part. Okay. Let's do a different one. How about environmental wackos? That's one of the things that a lot of the, the folks that are on the conservative side will say about folks who are, who are, you know, really passionate about the, the environment and we don't want to kill earth. Right. So years ago, there was a group of environmentalists who they, who they, they filed a lawsuit in California to preserve an endangered fish. And it, it's an endangered species of fish. It's called the Delta smelt, big, huge lawsuit shut down farming it's of certain farming in certain areas of, of California it became a really big news story all over the United States. Shortly after that, uh, the, the term environmentalist wacko began to be used frequently to describe a, a nebulous group of radical environmentalists. Their only job is to just go out there and, and um, uh, to, it, it's trying to, it's trying to make people make us think that there are people um, that, that just want to deindustrialize the entire world and take us all back to a village type agrarian society, right? Just like with the other villains. I, I doubt very seriously that there's anyone who, who's, who was passionate about that lawsuit anyway that wants to give up their car or their iPhone. Now they may be more into the electrical cars or something like that, but you know, tr try to take an iPhone away from that person. I, I, I bet you'll, you'll have a fight on your hands, right? So, so again, um, the, by using that term, it's creating this nebulous, this nebulous villain, you know, they're out to get us. They're, they're out to stop our stop progress and stuff like that. Right. Um, here's another one, a fascist, fascist. That's the one that this one is actually pretty, I don't think fascism is funny, but it's funny to me because it's so ironic that the, a lot of times the people who are using the fascists are the ones who are, who most closely, their politics close, most closely resemble, um, the, um, the, the, the fascist party. So, I mean, the most famous fascist party in history was the Nazi party in Germany. Nazi is the common way of describing the national socialist German workers party, right? They, they, they were socialists. They're, they're not capitalists. They are not small business owners, right? They're not, um, you know, they're, they're not bankers or whatever. They're, they're, they're basically they're, they're socialists. So, the, the people who commonly call their adversaries fascists are, are a lot of times people who describe themselves as socialists, right? 
they also tend to be anti-Semitic a lot of times. So that's that's kind of beside the point. It just falls more in line with the neo-Nazi and the Nazi thing. The, the, by the way, this this villain, by the way, is is similar to the 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 white supremacists. Is that they're they're they're, they're I'm, I'm sure there probably is some kind of American Nazi party out there, you know, but it's not like they're going to call a press conference somewhere and that's and they're going to correct a false statement. No, we really do not like that presidential candidate that you're accusing accusing us of liking, right? So um, it's 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 one of those things. It's it's going to be very hard to track folks down that would would verify. So they make a great villain, you know. If you can if you can lump. You know, what you'll tend to find is that um, that uh, political parties or political politicians anyway will kind of um, they, they, they sometimes they will make statements about their opponent being supported by a certain group of people that everybody hates. Because, God, if those people that everybody hates is supporting you, then you must be doing something wrong. Right. You're not supported by real, you know, upstanding people. You're supported by by weirdos, right? Um, or, or mean people or whatever. So a lot of times they'll throw these, these words around that way. Um, the next one is snowflake, snowflake. So people will sometimes use this term as they use it sometimes as victim, sometimes as, as the villain. Most of the time it's a victim really. Um, yeah, that's probably interchangeable, I guess. But snowflakes, these are the folks the the that are um, the, the, a lot of times the older generation will use this for the younger generation. They've got thin skin and they can be easily offended. So they'll file a lawsuit for you for being, you know, for offending them or something like that. So as a result, just as with the the, the fascists, the KKK, the white supremacists, you know, the, the, um, uh, all these other groups, uh, no one ever claims to be a part of this group, right? It's not like, oh yeah, I'm, to- I'm, to- I'm a total snowflake, right? So, I mean, maybe we should kind of create a, a nonprofit that defends the honor of the poor snowflakes, I guess, since they're probably not going to stand up for themselves. Um, the next one is the mostly peaceful protesters. So when, when the riots were occurring in major cities all over the U.S., you know, many of the news reporters were using the term, they're mostly peaceful, these, these people, it's, it's, you know, most of the stuff that's happened today, mostly peaceful. And then while they're doing that, there's a building burning behind them. So the poor victims were the innocent bystanders as the white supremacists came out of the crowds, stole the alcohol, stole the ATM, set the buildings on fire, and then melted right back into the peaceful assemblies, right? I mean, the real victims, again, the, the whole point of this, of going through this process is to kind of show you that a lot of times these terms are thrown out there to kind of create a, 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 a villain and a victim that aren't really true. The, the real victims of those, of those riots were the minority business owners who lost everything because rioters, you know, riots, a lot of times they're not covered by most business insurance policies. They were the real victims there. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't the, the, mostly peaceful protesters, you know, so got to keep that in mind. It's, it's a turning of the table of who the victim and the villain is. Um, this one is one that you'll see a lot of conservatives use a lot of times, and, and uh, it's the deep state, the deep state. It represents the bureaucracies that, that, that make up the government agencies. Now, most people have a distrust of just government in general. You know, that's, that's both sides, by the way. That's Republican, Democrat, conservative, liberal, whatever, um, you know, progressive, the, 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 most people kind of distrust the, the government. Um, but w- with the, the deep state, the reason why this is such a, a good villain to, to, um, to use in your, in your manipulations is that presidents come and go, 
Congress representatives and senators, they come and go, but the deep state is always here. So this villain, it, it may have a little bit more truth associated with it than and maybe some of the other villains that are brought up. Um, of course, that just may be me being manipulated for many, many years. But in the same, it's got the same main problem as the others. It's 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 vague, it's nameless, right? So, like for instance, if you think about it, over the last twenty-four years, Republican presidents have served for twelve of the twenty-four years. Democratic presidents have served for twelve of the twenty-four years. So, assuming that we hire pretty close to equal number of federal employees every single year, then, then the political persuasion of the bureaucrats, the people in the so-called deep state is probably going to be pretty equal. It also seems to me that the ones that were hired under, for instance, the Obama administration, I'm just using that because that was the most recent prior to the current administration, uh, would they'd be the newest and they'd be the least powerful. They're the low people on the totem pole, right? So um, if if the if the deep state the deep state anyway really is out to get the current administration, they're most likely going to be political appointees which serve at the president's will. And if and if that's the case, then why have they not been fired? I mean, basically, it doesn't. You know, it's different from the bureaucrats, right? So so just like with many of the other villains, you know, once once you kind of scrutinize the group a little, it tends to fall apart. So. So the so just kind of keep that in mind that a lot of times when people are trying to manipulate us, they are trying to get us to distort reality. They're trying to get us to see things differently. So if if anything that I've just said in the last 10 or 15 minutes, if that makes you angry, there's a good chance that somebody has set a trigger for you. There's a good chance that something that you've been exposed to has caused you to create an emotional reaction to that particular that that particular topic. So I tried to go through that in as um, in in a, in a way to where it's not gonna. I mean, my goal is not to push your buttons. I'm not trying to to, to trigger anything. I'm just trying to get you to see that that sometimes the things that we hear people say over and over and over and over again, they, they don't have, they're, they're not a part of, of reality. They're not, they're, they're, they're not real. And sometimes it's just somebody trying to manipulate us into doing something, voting for them or continuing to vote for them, even though what they're saying is, is absolutely not true. So just kind of keep that in mind as you, as you kind of start making your political decisions. So the third phase of the manipulation is creating the narrative. Now, I talked about this in, in phase one, part one. The, the manipulator tells a story. The story has a little bit of truth, maybe, uh, and a lot of deception. A great manipulator, by the way, figures out what your innermost desires are and then promises to make those desires happen. So the promises, though, they always depend on you doing something in return. So unfortunately, after you do your part, the villain pops in and then just ruins the whole thing. Somebody told it and told this, this villain comes in, it's gone, it's messed it up. It wasn't for that villain. You would have that innermost desire, that thing that you desire most. And you're, and you're left disappointed. You're, you're angry at the villain, not the manipulator, right? The, the anger has been misplaced. So as a result, you might continue to support the the narrative because you know in your head, 
it just makes sense. It's just a matter of time before you, you really, you know, there's one more thing you have to do to really defeat the villain once and for all, which by the way, never happens. Um, by the way, before I go into the next part, I, I can kind of tell you just uh, s- some of these things that are common. I, I mean, I've been talking a lot about pol- politics just because we're in the, the presidential year and the election is coming up in, in, in just a, a few short days. Uh, but you, you find, you'll also find this with people that are, let's say you're in the, um, you, you, get rat, you get sucked into a, um, uh, a, a direct sales business of some type, like a multi-level type company or something. That, that happens a lot, folks. There's this, there's this um, they, 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 they find out what your innermost desire is, you know, that, that car that you've always wanted, but you've just never been able to afford it or that vacation that you've always wanted, right? And they dangle it out there for you and say, hey, if you do these things, you're going to ultimately get that, right? And then um, over the, the months or years that you're doing it, it's it, it's it's like you're not getting any closer to that, right? I mean, or, or you're getting closer, but man, it's taking a lot. It's not nearly as easy as what the guy said it was going to be, right? Well, the guy made me pay my 200 bucks or whatever it is to, to get into this gig. And, um, and, and the truth kind of starts to, to come to you. And then all of a sudden, the, the, um, the, the dream is kind of thrown back out there. It's, well, it's just because you didn't do this one thing. You do this one thing now, it's going to come to fruition, right? So, so this happens a lot of in, 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 in different areas of our lives. And, and you can kind of draw comparisons in, in things outside of politics. But just got to keep that in mind. Um, one of the things that manipulators do is they, they, a lot of times they'll, they'll use a psychological, I'm probably not using this correctly, by the way, but the psychologists use the terms association and correlation. And the, in some cases they will make those things equal to each other. So using association through correlation or vice versa, they do this to kind of fuel the image of the villain. So let me kind of explain what those two things are in, in science two variables, two things that we don't know, that they can be associated with each other without necessarily being correlated to one another. You know, for, for instance, um, let's say somebody does a study that determines that people who drink more than four cups of coffee per day have lower instances of skin cancer then the, the, those are associated the, the, because of the study, we know that people who drink at least four cups of coffee are less likely to get skin cancer, but it doesn't necessarily mean that if you drink more coffee, you will lower your chances of getting skin cancer, right? Those are there, there, there is no direct correlation between the coffee and the, the skin cancer because, for instance, it could mean that people who drink that much coffee tend to spend more time indoors. And so they're not exposed to the sun, which is a direct cause a lot of times of uh, or correlation anyway of, of skin cancer, right? So so just kind of keep that in mind. A lot of times, it, since manipulators know this, they know that people can they, they can that people will draw conclusions based on um, two variables that are happening at the same time. They, they they'll make associations with the data, and then jump to these improper correlations or the the improper conclusion that increases the val- the validity of the villain. So um, let me give you a, a really quick example. Um, this is actually in the show notes. You can watch the whole video if you want, but I'm going to describe it for you here. So there's an organization that's called ACT TV, I think is what they're called. And they put out a YouTube video explaining systemic racism. 
And it, the, the video is really well done. It's got cartoons and everything. Um, it, it's, there's a lot of statistics. They're quoted in the video. They, they, they show this, this black kid, they call him Jamal. And, um, and, and how they show why he is poorer than the white kid who's also depicted in the cartoon, Kevin. Um, now, Bob, just so you know, this, this video has been viewed almost, it's pushing almost 3 million times on YouTube. And the hypocrisy in this, it's kind of funny if it wasn't so sad when you, when you think about it. Basically, the premise that they're making is that in the video is that black kids are poorer and, unge and uneducated and white kids are rich and smart. And the system has created that. And guess what caused that difference? Yeah, that's right. It's the big villain. It's that systemic racism, right? So the major point here is that the people making this movie want you to believe that Jamal, he is poor because he is black, which is in and of itself, to me, sounds incredibly racist. I mean, because just so you know, I mean, all the things that they said Jamal had uh, um, uh, going against him in his life, I had the same thing in my own life. I mean, I totally, I relate way more to Jamal than I do to um, Kevin or whatever the other, the white kid's name was. I totally relate to him because I had, I had that and more going, going against me. And, you know, and I, I became a multimillionaire. I became a millionaire anyway, by the time I was in my mid thirties, you know, so, but it was through hard work and it was because I, I, I had grit and I took risks and that kind of thing. Right. But that's kind of beside the point, but, but, it's just that that um, what they're saying is that since he is, is black, all of the systems are 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 against him, right? So, however, to make this statement, it, it's a huge jump of logic, right? So, the, the logic basically would progress like this, right? So, Jamal's grandparents were discriminated against in the 1930s. They may have been, I pro probably were, right? Um, so, uh, as a result of that discrimination that occurred. They couldn't buy a house. And, and then the second thing that happens, because, because they couldn't buy a house, then Jamal's mother and father also couldn't buy a house. Um, and they, weren't, they also weren't allowed to go to college. And therefore, Jamal will also never be able to go to college and is, and is more likely to be killed by police for minding his own business. That totally makes sense, right? So you see, there's like big, huge jumps that are occurring. So, and that's what that's what tends to happen when people are trying to manipulate us. The 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 logic, you know, they're they're getting us caught up in the emotion, so that we don't take the time to kind of walk through the logic of their of their argument. They're, they they want us to be so angry that we don't even think about it. They want us to be so mad that we just don't think about it, right? So um, there were some things in that video, though, just because I saw that it was very popular, I wanted to see, I, 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 I found some things out that I was unaware of, you know, being from my, because I'm white privilege, right? So um, I didn't know about, so I did some, some, some research on this. That's, I mean, that's kind of what I do when I find stuff that I, that I question, you know, when I'm not really sure about, by the way, that's what I would suggest you do as well. It's, it's one of the things that keeps you from being manipulated is that when you see something that's kind of new, go back and look for the source, look for the, look for the original source. Don't look for the propaganda. Um, and according to the video, basically what, what they were saying was that the, the banking industry, the public school system, the government, and the universities are all full of racists who want to keep Jamal from succeeding. Uh, they, they also mentioned a term called redlining, which 
I had never heard of the term before, right? Again, I'm white, so I'd never heard of this before watching the video. So I looked it up I, and, and the first like 10 listings that I found were, they were propaganda type style pieces. They were things like the, the video that we're talking about. Um, then I happened on an NPR article, which NPR is not on the right side of the, of the aisle. It's, there, there's probably nobody at NPR that voted for Trump ever or would even think about it, right? But this was an NPR article and it was called Forgotten History, How the U.S. Segregated America. I was shocked when I read this, by the way. But according to the NPR article, redlining was it wasn't actually a banking policy like was laid out in the in the 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 video at all it wasn't it wasn't had nothing it wasn't related to the banks as much as it was a it was a a government policy created by presidential decree right in 1933 franklin delano roosevelt fdr um, a democrat by the way um, the, his administration began a policy of segregating the U.S., which I, oh, man, in today's world, it was like, once I started kind of reading this, this, again, NPR saying this, not not Sean Hannity or Rush Limbaugh, this is NPR. So um, basically, the way that they did it, well, the way that this administration, the FDR um, uh, administration did it was they created this, this New Deal department called the, the Federal Housing Administration, FHA, still around today. Um, and, and, and their their main goal was to create housing and then segregate the housing. So put all the black people in one place and put all the white people in another, which, uh, again, man, this is what this is what the author quoted. This is what was in the in the um, the article. Uh, I'm going to read it word for word just so I don't mess anything up. He said that the housing programs begun under the New Deal were tantamount to a state sponsored system of segregation. The government's efforts were primarily designed to provide housing to white middle-class, lower middle-class families. African-Americans and other people of color were left out of, out of the new suburban communities though and pushed into urban housing projects. It continued. So the, the Federal Housing Administration, the, the FHA, which was established in 1934, furthered the segregation efforts by refusing to insure mortgages in and near African-American neighborhoods, a policy known as redlining, which was what was stated in the in the video. Um, and at the same time, by the way, the FHA was subsidizing builders who were mass producing entire subdivisions for white people with the requirement that none of the homes be sold to African-Americans. This was the FHA. This was the Democrat Party mandating that discrimination occur to keep black people from being able to own a house. Now, um, so apparently there is a reason why Democratic politicians use the term systemic racism, because it might be embarrassing to say that their hero, FDR, created this policy that led to Jamal being poor, right? Jamal being poor. So um, the video says that the, the banking system was racist because they wouldn't give Jamal's grandparents a mortgage. But in fact, the banks were told by the Roosevelt administration, again, hero to the Democrat, Democrats, um, that they will insure all mortgages that you make to white people, but if you loan to black people, you're on your own. And oh, builders, you can get subsidies to build houses, but if you sell a house to a black family, all oh, you lose all of those subsidies, they all go away. You don't get any more, right? So 
uh, I mean, people, that, that's about as racist as it gets, right? Um, Donald Trump didn't do that. The Republicans didn't do that. That was the, that was the Democratic Party, uh, the, the people that were elected back then. Now, obviously, that's pushing almost 100 years ago. And, and, um, it, but the thing to keep in mind is that it wasn't s- systemic. It wasn't, it, it, although it was in the system, it was a single political party led by a single president for 12 years. Um, a, a, a good example of this, I mean, I'll see if I can kind of, kind of um, illustrate this a little bit. So this would be like a farmer going to a, a store owner to sell his crops, right? The store owner is really excited about the produce and, and tells the farmer that they're going to they're, they're gonna make a great team. You and I, we're going to work together. Um, you come back every time that you have crops, and I'm going to pay you top dollar. So an entire year goes by. You know, and and the the farmer's been been bringing his crops, but the store owner has yet to pay him for any of the crops that he's that he's, that he's brought to him. Um, and then so he goes back to the the store owner to kind of see why. And the store owner basically says, "Well, unfortunately, the heat of the store wilted a lot of that produce, and we had to actually throw it out. So as a result, I was only able to collect about ten percent of what was promised. So, but just so you know, I mean, I, I don't want to be fair to you though. And this that'll be enough for you to buy seed for next year. And then next year, we're going to have a huge settlement, and and um, and um, and and we'll all get we'll get caught up then, right? So um, another so the the another year goes by. That huge settlement never finds its way to the farmer's mailbox or anything. So the farmer goes back to the merchant for an explanation. Well, you know, unfortunately, this time those those dang butchers, they raised their prices on me, and since those items cost me more, I had to give the meat preferred spots in the store. So the farmer's produce didn't end up. So your produce didn't end up selling as well again this year's. But don't worry though, because since then, I've really I'm I'm since I'm now the mer- the butchers best customer um I'm, i've been able to better negotiate with with the butcher this year oh uh, by the way since profit has been so low on your produce for the last couple of years i think we might have to renegotiate the terms a little bit right so the farmer after two years of working for basically almost no pay you know 10 percent of of what um of what he had made what he was promised he's destitute, you know, he's worked for two years and, and, and now he's incredibly in debt with no hope of ever paying off the loans he had to take out to, to, um, to, to come back to the, to uh, come back to, to, um, to whole, right? So the farmer gets sick, you know, it's, he's stress is killing him and his adorable cherub like son has to make the decisions for the farm now because the father's a little sick. So, he receives a notice. One of the first things that he gets is a notice from the bank that, that the bank is going to be foreclosing on the farm because they're almost two years past dues on the on the mortgage and everything. And, and so at the most desperate moment that this family has ever been in, dad's sick, papa's sick, and and the bank is going to foreclose on the on the farm and everything, the merchant suddenly appears at the door. Angelic, right? And he tells the son that he totally sympathizes, man, I just, I feel your pain, right? I totally sympathize with your situation. And, uh, and, and he tells a story about how he has, has dealt with those evil bankers that want to take, you know, what your family has worked for 
and and he knows and he ha- he knows how to put them in their place because he's done it before. So your family really deserves this farm. You guys have worked for it. So basically, what I'm going to do as the merchant here, as the as the store owner, I'm going to help you, son. I'm going to help you be the hero to your father and make him proud of you. So all you have to do is sell me this year's harvest. <laughs> And, and you're going to make twice as much as your father ever did. Now, of course, the son has no idea that twice as much is only about one-fifth of what of what the original what was originally promised to his dad. And so um, you know, it's it 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 becomes a, a, a never-ending cycle, right? The manipulator is using the emotion in order to try to to continue to get the, the, the family now to do, um, to, to buy into the same line. So if you think about it, was the farmer poor because he didn't work hard enough? No, he worked really, really hard. Was he poor because he wasn't smart enough? No. I mean, he found, I mean, he, he, he was able to, to, um, get really top grade produce, top grade crops. That was, that was marketable that people wanted. Um, was he poor because the evil banker took advantage of him? No, the evil banker didn't take advantage of him. The evil banker helped him out. And because of the circumstances, it, it became bad for everybody. So none of those, none of that is true. Um, he, he was poor because he was manipulated by the merchant. So now his next generation got sucked in the same exact way. It wasn't the farming system that was causing the problem. It was the manipulator shifting the reality of victim and villain, right? The, the, he was, the, 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 um, the manipulator was now making himself the, the, the hero, right? Making, making himself a victim and pushing the villain you know, role to the, the banker. Um, uh, by the way, if, did you see what I did there? <laughs> if, you, if you got sucked up in that little farmer story there, and you don't see what I just did, you may want to listen to the first part of the podcast again. <laughs> so anyway, so, hey, we're going to, um, we're going to take a, a, a break at this point. I, I still got the, the really the most important thing, which is really fun. It's the seven signs of a con artist that you need to know to avoid being a victim. And uh, we're going to cover that on the next session. So, so come back, uh, listen to the rest of these. I think you'll, you'll get a kick out of some of this stuff. Hopefully this is kind of hitting home a little bit anyway. So anyway, we'll see you next week on the uh, high impact leaders podcast. Thanks y'all.